Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. And it's even much more beautiful this morning. Let's have Spanish and whatever, because we, uh, we've had a little rain here, and uh, boy, we've, we really need it. So thanks to the Rain Angels, it is 30 August 2022. My name is Patrick Tim Pone, and this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We're here most every day except Thursdays, talking to lots of folks, and on Fridays we just talk, you and I, together with our kind of signature show entitled It Takes a Long Time to Get Young, and that's every Friday in the title of my book and my latest screenplay as well. So that's what we do, and if you care to join the show, you can do it through our telephone number. Nobody uses that anymore. 888-663-6386. Email is fashionable, patrick at one radio network.com. A little bit later on this morning, we're going to talk to the Beagleson boys. You may remember Harvey Beagleson, very cool guy, and uh, discovered that he could tell all kinds of curious things going on in our body through actually pictures, not not data, like, you know, 24, 25, but pictures in the blood. And uh, his sons are carrying on his work, and uh, we'll talk with them. Tomorrow, um, uh, Martin Armstrong, one of the best financial guru dudes, uh, dudes around. He really knows his stuff. Martin Armstrong will be here tomorrow, and then somebody else tomorrow as well. And their name is escaping me at the moment, but I'll come up with it during the show because I don't carry around all that stuff in my little feeble mind here. And our guest this morning is going to be fun. Her name is uh, Dr. Lisa Wiedemann, and she's an optometric physician. She's been an optometric physician for 30 years. She had her own blood sugar issues and diabetes kind of things that we'll get into. And then she turned to uh, meat, carnivore diet, been doing that for 13 years. And as you can see, Dr. Wiedemann is falling apart, and so you shouldn't eat meat because she's just just very unhealthy. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's it's great to be here. I love I love s- spreading the word because I I'm just so adamant that we're told the exact opposite of what we should be doing. We're told to eat lean meat, lots of fruits and vegetables and grains, lots of fiber, and doing the exact opposite for the past 13 and a half years has just um, given me an, an incredible um, way of life and health. And, you know, I'm 57 years old, and I can do cartwheels. You, th- and a you look like you're about 35, you know, 57, right? <laughs> yeah, 57. And I, yeah, I feel like I'm reverse aging. Yeah. Um, and it, it really comes down to really um, just not eating toxic stuff, not treating our body like a garbage can. And in my experience and in all my studies and research, uh, plants are actually have toxins in them and are out to uh, cause damage to us because they want to remain on earth. And I know it's such a, uh, a controversial topic, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here to say that I know and coach thousands of people that have mm. eliminated fruits and vegetables and grains and nuts and seeds from their diet and have been just relieving themselves of dementia, arthritis, wow. depression, anxiety, hypertension, and, um, and, and diabetes. Fascinating. All. So, 
Yeah, it's fast. Doctor, we, we've only been uh, really into it ourselves personally for three months, so I'm just a newbie. But more of the people I've talked to are saying the same thing about the vegetables, and I just my mind kind of explodes and head explodes to think that the idea that vegetables could really truly not be that good for us. And as you say, many and others have said, these guys create these chemicals and little toxins so nobody eats them, and we've been eating them, for, whatever, for a long time. Mom, eat your vegetables, right? They're just good for you. They're good for you. Come on, eat vegetables. Yeah, and and realistically, when you when you think about what is on Earth for humans to exist on, like animals, pretty much can eat every animal, okay? In the vegetable uh, plant kingdom, only about 20% is not poisonous and actually dangerous to eat, okay? So when you think about that statistic right there, and that, that you know, especially fruits, they've been so modified to be these big, sweet sugar bombs now. You look back to what ancient fruit has been prior to man and money-making industries getting involved in this these fruits were tart cherries crab apples Mm. seeded things that were not really enjoyably edible and um that that's another thing for people to consider because everybody says well fruits and vegetables are so healthy so many vitamins and minerals Mm -hmm. really well there's oxalates and phytates and um there's 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 a chemical defense mechanism that plants have animals have fangs and teeth to try to defend themselves from being removed from earth plants don't have the ability to run away or have uh, (laughs) any fight off so they use chemical warfare and gradually slowly it can cause leaky gut which then allows other anti-nutrients and you know negative chemicals into our 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 bloodstream and our system Um, and it's a very slow gradual over decades that then all of a sudden you hit your 30s 40s 50s and then all of a sudden what happens well everybody says oh don't get old this is what happens when you get old no that's what happens after decades of not eating the optimal human diet which in my opinion is Hmm. fatty Fatty meat and eggs is where it's at. Fatty meat and eggs is where it's at. Uh, Dr. Lisa Wiedemann is here. Uh, Join us. Question. I'm sure you have questions about this. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com or call 888-663-6386. So do we know or what's your research show that even long ago, were were we eating a lot of these little tart cherries or berries or crab apples, we humans? Do we know? I mean... Maybe in a total famine starvation situation, but Mm -hmm. certainly if some uh, person was seeking to alleviate their hunger and nourish themselves, they were not rummish, rubbish, you know, rummaging through bushes to get this. They were after a animal, (laughs) large animal as they could find to dig in and eat the fat. The, the muscle and the organs to um, satiate yeah. themselves. How, yeah. how important do you think it is? Because even I just said it, just unknowingly, I just kind of said it. Well, did we eat this um, a million years ago? I mean, how important is that? I guess what I'm asking is if we've eaten rice or corn or wheat for a thousand years or whatever it is, do you think that the body, why can't the body get used to eating it? 
Well, so you have to think too that in order to eat corn, we don't eat corn raw, right? So that's a grain that is actually really not good for us eaten in the raw state. Um, So we had to wait until cooking came along for that. Whereas meat is extremely nutritious, delicious, and healthy to eat raw. Um, Wheat has to be processed. You don't just walk up to a, a, a field of wheat and grab it and start chewing on the wheat. It's it's pulverized and processed into um, flour mm-hmm. to you know, and uh, yeah. So again, so that's the earliest form of processed food. Uh, you know, where we're not eating something in its natural state, where we would, as an animal, come upon it and eat it and and flourish and be healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're 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 a little tiny blip on the radar here with with our current food system of all of these. Uh, even 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 the modern day vegetables are genetically modified to be what they are to make corn sweeter. Right now, we've got the the white queen corn and the the yellow and whites and the the white corn. It's it's modified to make it sweeter. Mm and you know it, there's it, then we can segue right into sugar addiction same way with the beets right they've modified the beets and absolutely now they're modifying the soy as well to not be so estrogenic because they're beginning right. to know that these guys Monsanto's got this new super soy or something you know exactly and if you really and I don't want to get into politics or conspiracy theories at all but I'm going to tell you in <laughs> In all of, and, and you know, here I am, I'm a medical professional. I don't take my own health lightly I, at all, right? I've, I've suffered years of sugar and processed food addiction. My parents are obese and diabetic. My brother's obese hmm. and diabetic. I was overweight as a kid. I've struggled with my weight my whole life. This is where I come from. And I have researched long and hard into all this. I, I And then people say, well, what about you're going to have heart disease this maybe it's great now but what about your your cholesterol and I was like well I can name four cardiologists right now who eat this way I'm sure those medical professionals are not taking their own heart health lightly and are not experimenting to see how long it takes for them to get a heart attack or clog their arteries man did not suffer from heart disease and heart attacks millions of years ago and so I think part of part of the thought process just has to be, and I'll, I'll go back into, I got sidetracked, but what I was going right. to say about conspiracy theory thing is that um, just think about the the elite, okay? The elite eat meat. The masses, they want to eat mush, okay? Um, which is grains, okay? Vegetation. It does not make you fertile and strong and healthy eating the the grains and the vegetables. And the standard American diet that the, the USDA pyramid and all of that. Right. Yeah. All great, the bottom, the big bottom part, it, it should just be fatty meat and the top part should be eggs and water. <laughs> in your experience and research, the just the grains do you think the grains affect the fertility, sperm motility, and that whole thing as well? Just Absolutely. Really? And if, if anybody is interested in diving a little further down that rabbit hole with it, I personally know 
um, an infertility specialist, a reproductive physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Oh, he's been on the show. He's been on the show. Oh, great. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 and, you know, when you go back to looking at the history of Kellogg's, Kellogg's cereal, that was the Seventh-day Adventist, and it was uh-huh. all for intention of, um, of making, making people infertile. Okay. Whoa! No, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, we know the Seventh Day Adventists are out in the Utah, right? That area. Yeah. And they yeah. were involved with old Kellogg because they thought there were too many people. Yeah. Look. Look into that whole story. <laughs> That's Very great. Intriguing. Pretty interesting. Very intriguing. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. I not only you know you mentioned the infertility, but I'm going to say not just the infertility side of it. I'm going to say. Um, I, I always say, because so many people come to me and say, will this help my glaucoma? Mm-hmm. Will this help macular degeneration? Because of course, as an eye doctor, they're trying to you know, reach out, they're having issues. Will this help my dry eye? And, and then I have, because you know, I have a wide audience of people who suffer from a wide variety of multiple sclerosis, um, Hashimoto's, you know, all sorts of diseases. And I'm gonna say, I've not had one, one disease where I have not found that eating this way. I, I say our bodies hmm. are striving. Our bodies are are geared toward health and survival. Yeah, survival, every, huge. Right? Every part of our body. Yeah, our we're we're an, we're we're actually a you know a living animal that is our every function in our body is striving. When we get cut gets infected her body knows how to make it red inflamed heated up to kill off the bacteria it knows how to heal itself so given the proper nutrition removing the toxins is that point where it allows our body to heal and and i've not seen yet anything i mean there 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 i'm sure some very specific genetic congenital defects that are are not very difficult very difficult to to overturn but over the years, you've not, you've seen even all these different names they give you these things, autoimmune, all this stuff. Then you're suggesting that as you remove the toxic foods, the foods are not species, what do you, what do you say? It? Uh, species, specific. Yeah, yeah specific. Yeah. And then you give them nutrition through meat and eggs and, uh, um, and other things that we'll talk about, butter, then the body just, deals with it it gets back into balance for all kinds of things you've seen this in your practice yeah and and what's happening is and the reason why i tell people this is not a quick fix fad weight loss diet this is not a quick fix oh i heard so and so reverse their type 2 deep diabetes in one month why isn't it happening for me you have to look at it you have eaten for decades hmm. suboptimal way in a way that in, in all my research, it, it ruins the microbiome. And I know Dr. Kiltz is big on talking about the microbiome too, and, and produces this leaky gut situation that has to gradually over time slowly heal. And it's it's not like this is not, you know, one month in people are gonna, you can't just say, well, how come? How come I still feel like this, yeah. I say, you know what? Give it six to 12 months and see what positive changes are happening along the way, hmm. you know, and, and, and watch the miracle happen. I, 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 I'm 
That's why I'm yeah. like... Now, I understand. This microbiome, could you explain to us, um, is this like would be the internal terrain of the colon, small intestine, stomach, or throughout the whole body? You kind of talk about that. Yeah, just, just, the, just the digestive tract. Digestive uh, tract, okay. Stomach, the small and large intestine, yeah. And and we have to remember that that is that's that is the 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 vehicle of where nutrition comes into our body mm-hmm. or stays out of the body. And then people say, "Well, where do you get your fiber?" I'm like, "Well, you know what? You can read a, an amazing book called Fiber Menace, uh, and it actually will completely explain why we don't need fiber and why actually we shouldn't be consuming fiber." and that the abrasive cellulose undigestible parts of plants are actually um, what's causing abrasive damage to our colon and our intestines and causing polyps instead the, the, of the fiber okay. yeah i yeah. think i think i know that fellow a matter of fact i think he was on the show 10 years ago constantine monastreski or something like that yes the, i believe that's yeah the this guy yeah. this guy was a poop detective i mean he you you know you see, you've got the book he used to look at poop and weigh it and check it out and he was really into studying this stuff interesting you mentioned that book fiber menace wow yeah because it's it's one of the i mean <laughs> going going to being carnivore as i am and I'm, I'm rather outspoken about it there was a period of time i just zipped it up because i realized not too many people want to hear about it people want to eat their stuff people sure. don't want they have to give up the bread, the pasta, um, the chocolate, potatoes, people, the potatoes. Yeah, the French fries, the chips. People don't want to <laughs> give up what they so strongly hold on to because they love it and it tastes great. I admit it. yeah. it's great, but it's so so damaging to our health that you have to do the research and understand that. And it's not that you can't have it. It's not that I can't have it yeah. anymore choose to not have it it's uh, you know i i'm actually making the decision i and i don't want to put that in my body because i know what it does to it so that that's part of it and you know the fiber thing is is so common when the conversation comes up it's like you know and and somebody starts to really delve into it they're like but wait what ha- aren't you are you constipated that's right. <laughs> yeah Zero fiber in over 13 years, and I poop just fine. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, what's fascinating to me about the, the fiber thing is when I, even three months ago when I was doing carbs and potatoes and fish and meat and really broad-based organic diet, um, if I didn't poop two or three times a day, I didn't feel good. I felt bloated and constipated, right? Right. Now since carnivore... I don't even know when I poop, or I don't even care. It just—I know it's going to come out when it wants to come out, and I'm good. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 the interesting thing, if we want to get a little bit further in the poop discussion, sure. our bodies are so um, the the nutrition that we're putting in this fatty meat and eggs is such usable nutrition that there's not much waste made or or you know byproduct of fatty meat and eggs there's just there's not just that not much there as they come out volume, the volume and the frequency goes way down hmm. not to, not to an unusual level where you know people say well the meat rots in your stomach and you know, none of that is the it's the farthest from the truth farthest from the truth it just comes out because it does right and it comes out on its own time and you don't have to even worry about it just don't even think about it yeah. right 
Exactly. And some people say, well, I tried it for a couple of weeks and I was constipated. I don't go to the bathroom. I didn't go to the bathroom in two days. I'm like, no, that's not constipation. That's just called normal bowel movement. If you were bloated and in pain mm -hmm. and it's hard to pass, yeah. then constipation. But just an infrequent small bowel movement, that's called beautiful. <laughs> it's called beautiful. Uh, Dr. That's Lisa Wiedemann. And isn't it fun to not even have to think about it? I, you know, well, I mean, not, you know, well, I got to drink my water. I got to poop two or three times. But I kind of knew I did because it feels but now it's just so quiet down there everybody just seems happy down there you know i don't That's great. <laughs> isn't it great um so are you suggesting to your congenial host here that i've only been three months doing carnivore hardcore just you know salt and meat and eggs and butter and um that's about it i think i've had some zucchini squash a couple times just for fun you know um that I'm gonna feel better than I feel today because I'm feeling better than I felt my whole life today. You it's gonna get better? It's gonna get better? Whoa. You're going to be amazed. Really? Amazed at at the changes and further differences that you will feel, both mentally and physically, over six months, a year, two years. Really? I'm telling you, yeah. Why yes. is that? I mean, what can what can you have to can, remember? It's been decades, decades of you putting in all of this vegetation. Well, 70 okay? years or so, yeah, in decades. They have seven oh, right? of them. Yeah. So you've got 70 years versus three months of granting your body this beautiful gift of fatty meat and eggs. And wait till you see what your body just continues to do for you. And mm. I was told this at the beginning, too, when I started, and there was um, a, a few people that have been doing it even longer, and I was like two months into it, and mm. they were a year it and they're like just you wait and see and i'm like wow all right i'm i'm ready i'm game this is awesome isn't that exciting yeah i'm really jazzed about that did, did and you then go, go ahead to say one thing sure the one thing that i will keep uh like thinking about is how when people come to this and find this and you know most of the time i say people you do 90 days don't do it you know people say a 30-day challenge you can do anything for 30 days but realistically you got to give it 90 days, which is a blip in the radar of your life. Big yeah. deal. But giving it that much time to get through the keto adaptation, you might have an energy slump, you know, little feel a little off. Um, hmm. you, ha you have to give it long enough. Okay. And then usually if somebody sticks to it and gives it 90 days, there's no turning back. They're like, I would never go back to the way I was eating before. Plus, never. Yeah, plus you got to get over, and I'm pretty good with it because I understand how the mind works, and I, I don't believe any of it. So <laughs> pretty much, you know, it's just a, a, a software. And you get over all the things. Well, I've got to poop more. I've got to do more of this or, you know, and all of that. And then that goes away after a month or so, and then you're, you're home free. Uh, uh, can you stay right there? We're going to do a little break and promote a product. Can we do that? Sure. And then we'll tell you, when we get back, we're going to tell folks all about your website, your work, and dig more into your, your background. And I'm pretty curious how you got to the point of um, um, an opt, um, uh, you know, an eye doctor, too, to do this. So anyway, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. What do you think about this? I mean, look at this lady. She's 57 Christmases under her belt, and look the way she looks. I mean, what are you going to do? crazy um let's do this 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 technology i came across 
oh, uh, three years ago. And as you know, um, you can imagine me doing talk shows. I mean, doing shows. I've been broadcasting for 55 years. So you can imagine all the gadgets and potions and pills and stuff that people send me over the years from every city where I worked. And because uh, they, you know, they want, oh, Patrick, try this because they want me to promote it. I mean, that's what people do. Here, try this. You'll like it. And then you can promote it. So I've, I've had a lot of gadgets and stuff and I've used a lot of things grateful that people would send me. So um, I bought this one uh, uh, three years ago and this is an amazing technology. Please check this out. This was a doctor we had on a couple weeks ago. Recently, Dr. Al Dannenberg, who's healing from cancer, said this about hydrogen. Can I interject one thing? Whatever you want. Just about molecular hydrogen. It is an amazing technology or research. It's got over 15 years of clinical studies. It is part of my protocols. I use molecular hydrogen in high concentration. I use it in water. There are great studies with all kinds of diseases, like some of the doctors that were on your commercial that were speaking. Without a doubt, it is the best discriminating antioxidant around, and it is all biologically normal. Our body uses hydrogen for almost every metabolic pathway. There is interesting research for cancer patients with molecular hydrogen. There is a very strong indication that it can be beneficial, so I use it. You know, cancer Hmm. is a disease of metabolic dysfunction and mitochondrial dysfunction. That's fascinating technology. We've been using ours for three years now. If you'd like to get one, go to oneradionetwork.com, use promo code ONERADIO for a 20% discount, lifetime warranty, one year, no questions asked, money back guarantee for one year. Promo code ONERADIO, 20% off hydrogen browns gas machine right now on oneradionetwork.com. You know, the warranty thing is crazy, like one year, no questions asked, lifetime warranty. I breathe this gas for what it's worth every day for probably two or three hours and I'm working on my screenplays. You can put a 25-foot cannula and just breathe it. So it's a food. It doesn't kill anything. It doesn't try to kill anything. People, I get emails, well, it kill my parasites? And No, it doesn't do any. All it is is a food. It's pretty much what the stars eat for breakfast. It's the number one molecule in the universe, whatever this universe is, number one. And it's on both sides of the periodic table, which is the only molecule that's on both sides of the periodic table. So there's something going on with this um, with this uh, molecule. You breathe the gas and you drink the water. It's really cool. I think you'll like it. And it's uh, really helping me just to be happier and whatever, cuter. Um, <laughs> this is uh, two more days of this sale. And then we'll be back with Dr. Wiedemann. Two more days with Pine Pollen. Use promo code RESTORE20. Two days left. The first supplement I like to take in the morning, right after I wake up, is Pine Pollen Pure Potency, or P4. 
This is Survival's flagship testosterone and androgen support formula. It's made with the pollen of pine trees, which is rich in testosterone, androstenedione, DHEA, and a bunch of plant sterols. These are all substances, phytochemicals, that support the body's natural androgens, or male hormones. Of course, men and women are using this product, but usually it's men in andropause. Men after age 40 whose testosterone production has started to decline. Many of survival supplements can be taken any time of day, but Pine Pollen Pure Potency, it's important that you take at very specific times of the day. Now it can be taken once, twice, or three times, depending on how much you wanna supplement yourself with the phytoandrogens found in it. But the key is taking it at morning, right upon waking, midday or noon, and then again right before bed. So once, twice, or three times a day, but always at those times. And that's because that's when your body's naturally producing its own testosterone. And all we wanna do is amplify that sine wave. We don't wanna to start to take testosterone at a time where our body's purged it from the bloodstream. Instead, we wanna take it at a time where those levels are already spiking and we're just subtly helping to increase them. This product tastes fantastic. I think of it like an orange creamsicle. And that's because in addition to that subtle pine flavor, there's a little bit of orange peel, Tahitian vanilla bean, cloves, and then a little bit of maple syrup just to give it this nice kind of sweet orange flavor. So it's really delicious and easy to take. So if you're looking to increase your testosterone or androgen levels and you want an alternative to pharmaceutical testosterone replacement therapies, there's nothing that does it better than pine pollen pure potent. And like I say, uh, two more days, Restore 20 is the promo code for a 20% off the biggest sale of the year. I think it ends would be Wednesday night at midnight, I believe. I've been taking pine pollen for probably 10 years. Now it's a food, so we only recommend you do any kind of supplementation, and I do very little, but only from once living sources, not something from a lab. And pine pollen is a food made from the pollen from trees and all the animals and squirrels and beavers and everything, that's what they eat it too. Everybody gets along with, with pine pollen. I tested my testosterone about a year ago just for fun. I had never tested it, and it came back in big red letters, too high. <laughs> like, too high. It was like 800 or something like that. Too high. I said, okay. Um, so get some pine pollen, promo code one radio on OneRadioNetwork.com. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Talking with a nice lady, she is a a doctor, Dr. Lisa Wiedemann, carnivore-doctor.com. And you can, uh, so so you do sessions with the folks around the the world and they can do that, our listeners, if they want to have a session with you? Yes, people, Australia, Singapore. Ah. Right here in the U.S., everywhere. It's just, you know, the Zoom has made it amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I do one-on-one coaching, and I also offer um, group coaching because I found going through this that many have suffered what I have suffered in the past, which is that that addiction, sugar addiction. It's hmm. one of the most addictive drugs, and it's very hard to get off of. And some people have um, varying degrees of it, but there's many where you could do well for a certain period of time, and then all of a sudden you're slipping down the slippery slope and into the ditch, 
and back at all the garbage and secretively eating, hoarding, really? um, really? just binging on food. Yeah, it's a very, very big problem. So, Doctor, when you're talking about sugar addiction, I suspect you're talking about all things that produce sugar, which would be carbs and starches and, and everything, right? Not just yeah, sugar, so not just sugar, sugar. Not ex- not just um, chocolate and ice cream, but mm. yeah, and, and that's the beauty, and, and that's for most people the majority of it. That and chips and French fries and and that kind of starchy thing, but mm-hmm. it really even even um, you know broccoli and carrots and apple, you know, all break up into components of sugar, and we are drawn to eat them and overeat them. So broccoli as a component of sugar and metabolically wow. any carbohydrate carbohydrates yeah. are carbon and hydrogen hydrogen and they they break into constituents of sugar as soon as we we eat them the amylase in our saliva is an enzyme that starts breaking down starch into sugars and and that's why people end up gradually uh developing blood sugar problems you know it's very important people have their a1c tested your a1c should be under under 5.2 and um just gradually over time our our bodies become less and less tolerant we become more insulin resistant and we start developing diseases and so that term is interesting i'd like to explain uh, understand a little bit better if you would doctor so we get we did too many carbs of all the things you're talking about and then the blood sugar um has to be uh tampered down with insulin and then the, after a while, it doesn't even work, so you get insulin resistant. Is that close? Yeah, because it, it has so much glucose that it has to process mm-hmm. that it, it, it just becomes harder and harder for your body to deal with it. And over time, has to produce more and more insulin to attempt to get this glucose out of the bloodstream. And then gradually, the, the blood sugars creep up, and then you'll see the doctors will say, oh, you're borderline diabetic, like uh-huh. you're 5 nine 5.8 6.0 meanwhile you are on the spectrum heading to diabetes as soon as you're creeping up above 4 5.2 5.3 you're on the spectrum you're 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 on the the climb and eventually you'll get there if you you know yeah. keep the same path and do you agree there's plenty of evidence to show that the insulin in the bloodstream and in, in the arteries are a major factor in atherosclerosis because they inflame the arteries is that is that accurate yeah in, inflammation is is really the key to this whole thing hmm. and the and and in my research and experience it's all about keeping getting the glucose low all ideally you're fasting morning glucose if you have a um, fingerprint yeah. test mm-hmm. you you really want to be down around between like 72 and 84 for your morning glucose and I would I would challenge members of your audience to 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 take that 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 test and see where their glucose falls and 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 start monitoring this because even you might you might not be symptomatic now you might not have arthritis or anxiety or depression or you know um, whatever high blood pressure there's so many even skin disorders it's inflammation and you might not it might not be expressed yet but if you're if your morning glucose is up in the 90s and and a lot of people on the low 100s 
totally asymptomatic and not told at this point yet by their doctor if your a1c is still like you know five seven five eight then they might you'll fall in the normal category but you are on on the way to developing problems this is a slow suicide that we're mm. doing by how important is the uh, the difference rather the difference between the a1c if you have that nice and low but then your morning blood sugar would be up i've had People email me about that. What could be going on there? If that's well, there's a thing called the dawn effect, um, and it, it can vary based on how you slept the night before, what your cortisol levels, your stress current stress mm -hmm. level. Did you exercise before you tested? You know, there's a lot of variables, but in general, with a, with consistency in how you eat and over time the the repair mechanism should happen in your body that you are going to start reversing your insulin resistance and start lowering your glucose it's not going to happen in 30 days or 90 days for most people because we've spent four five six seven decades of eating a certain way and again our, our bodies aren't going to it's like a freight a freighter out on the ocean you're not going to flip it on a dime so it's just going to take time and um, proper, really proper fatty meat and eggs. <laughs> fatty meat. So the fat seems to be important. It seems like, um, for me, the more fat I eat, the the, the easier things come out kind of thing. That, that, you know, it seems like the elimination seems easier. Yeah, for sure on that. And actually, for some people who switch to this they might end up having initial problems with loose stools huh. outright diarrhea we call it disaster pants that you have to deal with in <laughs> disaster, <this week>. pants. <laughs> disaster pants yeah because your body is not used to receiving the proper human nutrition here it's used to all of the roughage and carbs and um you know fiber cellulose the fiber that's that's in there that you your, your your body has to go ah what are you doing now all right cool let's 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 handle this but initially because of what you've done to your body all these years um it, it's going to take a little time to to adjust some people it's within two weeks they're okay some people it's a couple months of dealing with let's just say looser stools and it's really just like you said patrick it's so important to have the fat the you don't want to eat you do not want to eat lean, boneless, skinless chicken breast and think you're doing good because you've heard and you've been brainwashed that red meat is not good. You have to understand fatty red meat is where it's at. Lamb, beef, ruminant animals is is really ideal. I my diet is very very low in um, poultry, in you know chicken, uh, turkey, fish. Uh -uh, like do you eat fish? rare hmm. you know if it's served somewhere um it's it doesn't doesn't have enough fat and ideally yes yeah, so if you say oh salmon is a fatty fish um i i do eat sometimes if i'm out and there's some delicious uh salmon sashimi uh or tuna sashimi i'll have that but as a regular to buy it no i'm i'm a little concerned with our environment and what yeah, <laughs> our society has done to the waters and the toxins that are potentially in um you know sea animals at this point uh but i i do eat it if i'm out i i say sure. you know the the rule of thumb for carnivore is if it was once alive it's 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 a thumbs up it's okay you can eat it. yeah if, uh, if it was uh, a mother you can eat it so yeah scallops crab lobster it's delicious i will have it if i can dip it in a ton of 
fresh melted butter, perfect. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but yeah, you want the they want the fat to protein ratio to be totally skewed on the fat side. On the fat side. So, do you find that you get enough? Like, uh, there's some great sources. We have one uh, that we promote, uh, Slankers in Texas, grass fed, grass finished, and get the ribeyes. Woo! Yeah, it's in our store, folks. If you want to buy something from them, They're a great, great fellow too, uh, Mr. Slanker. But do you find that you get enough fat from a, a good fatty ribeye, or do you add extra with butter or even extra fat that you get? Uh, we do you add extra fat as well? Yeah, great, great question. Um, and I'll I'll also address the whole grass fed thing. I do feel there's nutritional value to that, and I'm also I like to support regenerative ranching and the local farmers i am all for that but i am going to say um for most of my 13 years i got my my meat costco or on sale from the local grocery store i don't want anybody i don't want anybody to go into this thinking oh it's too expensive yeah i I gotta do do the grass-fed grass finished absolutely not absolutely not I, i i reached my perfect optimal health here by eating um Cos- you know, costco and regular grocery store meat and it, it it's just, just so superior to what your prior diet currently is that it does not it's not critical i, but, okay. I understand but uh, you know but you're not suggesting that if you've got the budget to do it that it's it, it, it's fine right to do the grass-fed grass absolutely yeah it's it, it, if that's where you're you're going with it, and you're like, yeah, means I'm going to go full on. I'm going to go, and some people actually, you know, have a preference in in their meats very specifically. Um, but let me go back to your original question, yeah. which got sidetracked off of on my uh, on my little tangents. I do, but um, yes, for sure. Even though ribeye is one of the fattiest cuts of meat, and I do tend toward ribeye or 80-20 ground beef, uh, in addition to that, yes, I'll either eat um, beef fat trimmings that I'll put season and put in the air fryer as cracklings mm. or lovely butter. I, I love um, adding butter. I whip butter. I have add crumbled blue cheese to butter and put it on the steak. And then I also lately, because I've been really um, concentrating on experimenting with what an even higher fat diet has 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 done for me, which is amazing. I I brown butter. I have a YouTube video showing how I brown butter really? and put it into molds and put it in the freezer, and it's the most delicious, intensely almost. It's not like a nutty toffee, but that's what people describe it as. But it's just phenomenal and i eat you know i pull it right out of the freezer it's like the texture of chocolate when you bite into I'll it i'll have to try that so you have a youtube video where you show us how to do that just put in your name Absolutely. on youtube yeah just put in your name yeah, you just just you know, type in carnivore doctor i'm huh. sure if you put in my name but most people spell weedemann incorrectly but huh. carnivore doctor spelled out all one word you'll come up with my That's youtube channel cool carnivore recipes and um but this this brown butter and this whipped butter is is game changer for bumping the fat up very easily because it makes it more satiating. Because I'm not here to tell you you're gonna just plow down, you know, two, three, four pounds of meat a day. That's kind of crazy. It's actually um, to to get your 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 glucose down um, and get into optimal health. In my opinion, from what I've 
been researching and trying also on myself, it is really important to get your percentage of fat higher than the protein. And I'm right now, I, I'm, I aim for about 80 to 20, 80% of my calories coming from fat to 20% from protein. So wow. it's quite a delicious fatty uh, way of it's eating. Fun. We have a farmer's market here in Dripping Springs and you can get uh, just by like a pound of fat. You know, just a pound, and I cut it up and just throw it in with the meat, and and just cook it a bit. It's really tasty too. Perfect. It is so delicious. Yeah. And just for some who might be on a strict budget, I will tell you, um, I a, a local little uh, restaurant that's just a small place, and they they smoke brisket, ribs, and uh, pulled pork and wings. Right. It's just this little kind of place, and I went in there and. I um, and of course I make sure there's no sauce, no barbecue, because all that stuff's full of sugar. But he and I say, can you chop up the fattiest parts of the brisket for me? I just want a pound of brisket, no sauce. And you do that, and then the next time I go in, I go, what do you do with all the fat you trim <laughs> off briskets? He's oh, we throw it out. Really? Can you save some for me? He's like, yeah, sure. So I, I go in like a couple days later and he comes out with 15 pound tray of Ooh. of the of fat trimmings and it had a ton of meat kind of still on some of it, right? Mm. And holy moly, free, okay? And I cut it up, I roasted it. Amazing and so healthy and this guy's throwing it out and you can make friends with your local butcher the same sure. way. Go in and buy a couple nice tomahawk ribeyes and chat it up with them and say what do you do with your your fat, fat trimming? Get some fat. What are you going to do with it? I go. I'm going to eat it. So and then you get obviously, and you certainly look great, so you know it's not hurting you. I think you're probably living proof that even if you're getting steaks from the HEB or the Safeway or Giant, wherever you shop, and they're most of cows are grass fed anyway. I mean, they eat grass most of their life, and then they yep. grain finish them, and they do. Uh, so they're eating, maybe even eating some GMO corn. Uh, maybe they're getting an antibiotic or two when they're younger. But evidently, um, you and others have said, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it's not like if you change from what you've been eating to that, you're going to be happy, right? I mean, is that close? Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that, <clears throat> like, seriously, when you think about this, Nobody nobody makes a comment when you're eating, you know, donuts and ice cream and Twinkies and chocolate That's and right. french fries. Nobody makes a comment, okay, about what you're eating or where you're sourcing your Pop-Tarts from, right? Nobody, nobody cares. Nobody talks about it. But as soon as this topic comes up where I'm, I'm eating only meat and eggs, I'm not eating any fruits or vegetables or grains, and then all of a sudden the alarm bells go off, they're frantic, you're gonna kill yourself. Really, I'm not gonna kill myself eating the ice cream, Pop-Tarts, donuts, and cookies, right. but now that I'm eating an ancestrally appropriate diet, now you think I'm gonna die, you yeah. know? And it's, it's really it's really interesting, um, you know, the way that, sure. and then people well, do you eat organs? That's another big topic in this community yes. about eating. I was gonna ask you I about have, that. I have not eaten organs my entire time Is i don't like right you have don't it. like and it's not it's not palatable to me it's not tasty so i can't imagine that me as a human out there 
um, would be ex expected to, the only way I could be healthy is if I dug in and ate the stuff I didn't like. I, I'm, <laughs> it didn't I taste I, good. Right. I don't believe it. Now, do I believe I might be digging into some heart and kidney and brain sure. um, and pancreas? Possibly, because I wouldn't have this like mental block against you know eating a brain at this point, although I've heard it's delicious. Um, but I will, I will say that just in the past year, I um, and I, I have a link to it um, where I, I use this product called Pluck. It's a seasoning, and it's delicious. It's got smoked paprika and I think a little um, uh, salt, and I forget what other spices. But it also has um, raw, desiccated heart, pancreas, wow. liver, kidney, and spleen mixed in and it's fabulous it does not taste off at all to me it doesn't taste like i, I don't know I, i'm not and i don't believe in having to buy the liver supplements these like dollars. they're pretty expensive aren't they yeah and my and so my take on it is in my experience of 13 years of not eating organs why all of a sudden do i feel like something that i'm so you know is there's something so missing uh, there's also a, a, a concern of vitamin A toxicity because your body doesn't deplete, and if you keep taking it in via, you know, with liver, you could get a, a vitamin A toxicity. So, I don't know. I think the verdict's still out on that. Like I said, I I like sprinkling on this pluck onto my sometimes my eggs, sometimes on my ground beef. Uh, it's it's just a delicious kind of um, yeah. seasonal spice, and I kind of feel okay. I'm getting some of these organs and and that's that well as you know uh, kilts is not one of them he's very very mellow like you are in in, in the whole picture also dr chaffee out of uh, uh, australia he was on and he's pretty pretty kind of mainstream mellow with this because he was saying how he just goes to costco and buys his stuff too and i asked him but he said no it's fine don't worry about it <laughs> and he yeah, looks he looks fine. he looks pretty, he looks pretty good but uh, then there no, are about you're not getting organic donuts and twinkies yeah. right you're not going to make sure you have organic french fries like now all of a sudden uh, now we're eating meat and it's got to be organic i don't believe that there is any extensive use of hormones and antibiotics and that it's not actually stored in the muscle of an animal mm. um like if we had an antibiotic given it's not stored, stored in, in our, our muscle oh interesting yeah, yeah. so again i i i, no, I guess you just I'm with you. Keep going. Yeah. I, I think we have a, a an eye question. Can you take an eye question? Sure. Okay. Um, I've been struggling for over four years, writes Kevin, with an eye problem called CSR, basically a bubble of fluid developed on my retina, uh, and this fluid impairs my central vision. Does meat have anything to do with this? Pat Patrick has had someone on his show in the past that mentioned a correlation to meat in a bubble I don't, I don't know okay yeah so he's talking about choreoceris retinopathy and um it's interesting if you look that up it's typically more common in men than women typically let's say i think it's the 40s and 50s decade um typically much more prominent in interestingly enough type a personality hmm. uh, People, it's just—it's a very interesting entity to 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 Google and look up. Um, but I I will say absolutely no. I don't think meat is any sort of a causative of that, or else man for millions of years who was just eating 
mate and populations right now that are still um, primitive ones that still just eat meat, um, they're not running around with CSR, okay, with blind, you know, central vision disruption. It's just not happening. So now in reverse to that, I will say, do I think eating carnivore fatty meat and eggs is going to cure that? Um, I think that just like I, I mentioned before, I think removing all toxins, removing all sugars, artificial sweeteners, plants, grains, nuts, seeds, remove all that, eat fatty meat and eggs. I believe our bodies are in a total uh, streamlined path to heal itself from any sort of um, inflammatory or degenerative mode that it was going into because of the um, of the, the bad nutrition. So do I, you know, yeah. Then I'm going to say I'll I'll just preempt any other questions that might come in following this. I've got severe dry eye. Will this help that? I've got macular degeneration. Will this help that? And I'm going to say yes, yes, and yes. And I've actually also had a bunch of myopia, nearsightedness. People with eyeglass their whole life have noticed going in now their three years, four years carnivore, and each year their prescription is reducing. So amazing, right? Wow. Uh, macular degeneration, it's in the past hundred years has exponentially increased. Um, even myself, in the I've been in practice 30 years, at the beginning, for sure, not nearly as much macular degeneration as even now. And over the age of 75, one in three people, it's that dramatically common. And a hundred years ago, it was one in hundreds of thousands of people. So it has to be dietary, right? It has to be dietary. dietary. And Dr. Chris Kenobi, if um, anybody wants to research that further and has a loved one or yourself with macular degeneration, go to his website, which is www.cure amd.org he's got a nonprofit book a nonprofit website he spent eight years of his life researching and he is so 100% sure that it is dietary related and it has nothing to do with eating lots of green leafy vegetables it has to do with eliminating seed oils and I, I talk about this all the time on, on, yeah. on I'm on Instagram mainly if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram that's where I post a lot of things but seed oils canola oil soybean oil cottonseed oil anything that has the I, I tell people do not put oil in your body and then if that said because that it is these toxic it, that was originally made as engine lubricant and they t put it into now the food system and it started with margarine and crisco and then it's that you know then it segued into all the products that are out there you look at any label and you're going to find, I'm going to say about 98% of them are going to have some sort of cottonseed and or palm oil on there. Why? It's cheap and it allows, it, it increases the shelf life of these products and it adds to the addictive nature of these products. They have addiction specialists on board on these hmm. food companies to mix the proper amount of salt, sugar, and fat to make them as addictive as possible. It's incredible to think that way. But... I my one of my favorite sayings is do not eat anything that comes in a box, a bag, a bottle, or a jar. And do not eat anything that has a barcode. And you'll be great. 
okay? Because like meat that. doesn't have a barcode. Well, meat does have a barcode when you're in the store. Yeah. They got to scan. But sure. you know what I'm saying. Something with a label that has more than one ingredient is really off off the list. We eat an egg. We eat a ribeye. We eat a New York strip. We could eat, you know, and, and the most ingredient laden kind of food might be sausage, but I still allow those kind of things, kielbasa sausage on occasion. It's not going to be like an entire meal for multiple meals, but you know, some people want to have a side with their steak. Go ahead, have a little sausage, have a little sauce with your eggs. Um, But yeah. We have a a regenerative farmer at the farmer's market on pigs, and they're all vegetarian pigs. They get the food that Whole Foods throws away. Oh, man. I don't know if you've ever had a pork chop like that, but it's amazing. Just yeah, the, a the fat Berkshire, like this on it, fat like this on it on the, yeah. yeah. Berkshire, the Berkshire pig is a specific breed of pig, also that I know is very specifically um, known for mm-hmm. quality, healthy. Yeah, and yeah, the pork belly—you want the real fatty pork belly, which is ultimately sliced into bacon. But if you can just get plain pork belly with the skin, you score the skin. Um, I dry it for a day in the fridge, and then I put in the air fryer. It's the most delicious, Ooh. moist, fatty, with crunchy on the top. It's I have a YouTube um, oh, video. Oh, I want to see that, yeah, because I can get the big thing of bacon and do it myself from him, but I have never, I've got one frozen, but I've never figured out how to do that. Do you have it yeah, on your YouTube? The whole slab. Yeah, it's on my YouTube, yeah, and it's so easy in the air fryer. It does take a little planning because you've got to salt it and put it in your fridge the day before, right. just dry, open on a rack to air dry a bit and then that's when you get the real crunchy skin and the moist delicious fat and meat on the bottom what's an air dryer i don't even know what an air, air dryer air fryer air fryer. air fryer yeah oh my gosh every, pretty much i'm gonna say almost everybody in the carnivore community ends up getting this air uh, fryer I, okay which one do you got so i want to get one <laughs> yeah i'll send you the link okay, okay. I, have, I have my favorites yeah so what, what is an air fryer? What are you doing? So an air fryer, it's, it's just this little countertop right. machine that is so quick to heat up, can heat up very intensely up to like 400. It circulates air. And I mean, you can cook so many, you can cook a ribeye from complete frozen in there easily. You can, and if you put in like a sausage within like five minutes, it's just sizzling and crackling and crispy and just done perfect. Huh. I think initially this air fryer was intended for that um, that side of the um, message that I hate, which is to it you know gets the fat to drip down and out and away from something, so it's uh-huh. you know a healthier right. But meanwhile, I will take it and I could pour the fat out of the bottom back onto my pour my back plate. On. But it's you know it um, yeah it is, and you know what the other great thing to make in this air fryer. Uh, especially for us who uh, tend to really like bacon. And at the beginning, I tell people, rely on bacon. Oh, I love bacon. Cook extra and have it cooked in your fridge. So when you're trying to fight off cravings of chips and potatoes and bread and all that, go in the fridge and just grab some of this bacon. (laughs) A real helpful hint. I mean, I I also have, not to be promoting my YouTube channel, but I'm going to tell you, well, I have a, a video about bacon knots where you literally take the strip of bacon and I usually I will season it with either like a little bit of everything but the bagel seasoning and maybe a little um, grated Parmesan and then knot it, knot it again. You set it on a on a cookie sheet basically and put it in the oven and you're making these knots of bacon. It's amazing. Um, but then going back to the air fryer, 
you can take the the, the slice of bacon, roll it, mm-hmm. and then on its side, and you just stack them up like soldiers in there. So you can make a lot of bacon mm-hmm. with no smoke, no grease splattering. You shut the drawer because at least most of the air fryers are, are you slide the drawer in. And you've got like a whole pound of bacon just cooking in this small, you know, uh, countertop machine there. Wow. But I've been cooking my bacon very lightly because I want all the fat. Aren't we losing a lot of the fat with the air fryer? Well, depends how many minutes you do it. Ah, okay. So, so you don't have to. You don't have to do it crispy, crispy. You can, yeah. No, no, no. I, right. you know, just you know, and I do. I tend just like you said, which that's an awesome thing you just said. Is like, yeah, don't over, don't kill the heck out of your bacon, <laughs> bacon. by frying. I mean, people like crispy bacon. People have their thing with it, but you really want the chewy, fatty, um, not overcooked bacons because, yeah, a lot of it will will drain out. But then you can take that bottom part of the air fryer. You just pour it into a jar, and now you keep your bacon Mm -hmm. fat, and you use that to cook. And that some people, I'll, I'll say another common thing that people will say because when I backing up to what I said about the oil. I do have no use to put oil in my body whatsoever. And then the first thing that people say so commonly is, but what about olive oil? Yep, I was going to ask the same thing. I was going to ask the same olive thing. Oil. What about avocado oil, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so first of all, what are you putting olive oil on? We don't eat salads anymore because the leaves of plants are actually the most um, toxic because that's the part that would be getting eaten by predators. So that's where most of the toxins are. So we don't want to eat leaves, um, aside from not wanting to eat any plants in particular. But yeah, I, so I have, no, I have no use to have olive oil for anything, first of all. Second of all, this is the most important thing. Uh, and you can look at this right on the internet yourself, but look up, um, there were random studies like um we'll call them secretive where they pull all these different olive oils 80 percent of them were adulterated with the crap canola toxic seed oils with it out it not on the label because i don't know whether the mafia is involved or what profit making thing is involved but when you cut expensive olive oil with crap seed oil it still looks like smells like tastes like it's obviously if you don't 80 percent 80%. 80% of them tested were had the garbage in it. So I don't trust any of it. Um, maybe you could go find the study and find out exactly. I happen to know, or I looked into like which brands were of the tw- in the 20% where it didn't, um, that where it wasn't adulterated with the garbage. Um, but I just come back to instead of digging down and trying to figure that out, what are we doing that for? Why do we even want to have that at all? You know, and then I'll say, well, you know, what are you going to put on your steak before you cook it? Well, I don't have to put anything on my steak. I have a, my, my cast iron pan is just beautiful or my grill. I don't, I don't need oil on it. And the flip side is if you feel you need something, cook it in some bacon grease. It's awesome. I'll put butter on the top. Butter's fun, right? Butter. Well, but the butter is, yeah, butter after the fact. Mm. The butter has such a, a a low burn point and smoke point It'll, that you don't yeah, you can't because you want to make the pan really hot for the steak because we typically want to sear the outside quick and keep the inside really rare. That's what in my mind is the optimal health is having very rare meat. Um, but so you want to sear it quickly on high heat so you can't not put butter in the pan when you've 
heated that pan so high to get the nice sear. So mm. butter's out as far as cooking, but you certainly can use beef tallow, duck fat, or um, bacon grease that you've saved from the bacon that you just cooked and and, and use that. Yeah. Um, this, this is interesting. This, this came in earlier, but they were reading our minds that you were going to talk about this from Dylan. So doesn't meat have bacteria or parasites in there if not cooked properly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a common thing, and it's funny because I post. Um, I I eat I eat beef tatar, I eat carpaccio, I eat raw beef. That's all I raw. Love it. Yeah. Raw. That's raw. I eat it. I love it. Um, I even eat it um, right from a local Aldi store. I eat the ground beef, extremely rare to raw. I just sear it. Am I concerned? I've done this for 13 years. I'm not telling any of you to do it. I'm going to tell you it's nutritious and delicious for me, and I've never had a problem. Um, I know, especially ground beef, people will say, oh, well, that's where there's a chance of all this bacteria and parasites to get mixed in. Um, Yeah, just, you know, use your own judgment and your own comfort level. My comfort level is it digests so much better for me and easier i love it and i feel like the less we cook things the better it is because yeah. i think yeah. ancestrally is, is what was ideal it's funny i asked the fellow who does the regenerative pig farm guy they were on my show we really great couple about really having to cook the pants off of pork to get rid of some alleged thing he he just laughed he said no nah. He said, "That's just in the commercial stuff. You can eat my yeah, mine." I, he says, the, "You can eat mine raw if you want." <laughs> do the opposite of what you're told. That's like <laughs> I say. They tell you to slather on sunscreen. I say, "Do not put that toxic stuff on your body." They say to stay out of the sun; it causes cancer. I say, "Get out in the sun all day, every day. It's so healthy." Um, you know, because our bodies really need the sunlight and the sunshine. And you know what causes sunburn and skin cancer is being inflammatory from eating garbage, eating seed oils, those that seed oil is, absorbs into every cell in our body and it takes eight years. There's a, a wow. very- eight years? Eight years to clear out. To get canola oil it, out? Wow. There's a 680 day half-life. When you eat something, let's say fried calamari at a restaurant, French fries from a restaurant, in your own pantry, potato chips, that's such a love of so many people, you eat that stuff, okay? And and it's in everything. It's in it's in crackers, it's in bread, it's in peanut butter. You look at the label, you eat that stuff, it absorbs into the fatty cell membrane of all the cells in our body, okay? 680 days later, if you stop today eating all those seed oils, 680 days for me, this, this is what a half-life means. A half-life of 680 days means 680 days from now, half of it will have exited your body if you stop eating it right now. So, and then, so then think another 680 days, that's why I give it a, it's like eight years really to kind of clear out of your body. And this stuff is toxic and causes inflammation and disease. And that's why I say, you know, I'm not telling the average person out there eating, you know, the, the, the term SAD diet, S-A-D, it's right. standard American diet. I call it standard atrocious diet. Um, yeah, you're, you should not go out and hang out in the sun for hours with no sunscreen because the inflammation that you have throughout your body from these seed oils, just from eating standard food 
and and adulterated olive oil like you know don't shake your head no that's not me i don't eat that stuff but um it it that's what causes the problem so i say take it slowly clear your body out of the toxins and you will just reap amazing benefits in all areas of your life dr lisa wiedemann is with us for a few more minutes uh, here's an email from lisa um patrick encouraged me i didn't i'm just telling you what i do <laughs> they blame it on me but that's okay to try carnivore i've been doing it for two months but i get these cravings lisa says for potatoes or pasta or bread and it's just like i have to just get it or i'll just kill myself <laughs> she's being silly but she put a smiley face so she's not going to kill herself but you understand what she's saying right? i get it i get it and that's why you know um Patrick, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's why I I feel so passionate to run these groups that I do because mm-hmm. it's it's a community of people who have this health mindset and this way of eating as their decision as what they are now taking on to um, overcome their food addictions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you've never come from an overweight background or a lifetime of dieting background or a yo-yo dieting background you might not understand what i'm talking about but i'm talking about people who know exactly what i'm talking about like the the clear everything out of your kitchen and change your ways and then the next thing you know one week two weeks one month in you are getting in your car driving down to this driving driving to go get your fix go get your fix and until you actually recognize that this is an actual addiction in a very serious way and the only way out is abstinence and that's why i have these these groups and they're not all of a, it's not like a, an addiction group i'm just <laughs> saying it's, it's a community of carnivores that are coming together from all walks of life for all different reasons to discuss and talk and um share what you're going through and when, when i say share and and feel like you're part of this group it's because sometimes like you might have a listener who takes on like this woman takes on your suggestion mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. after listening to me is more convinced that what patrick is saying is not so not so after all right <laughs> and take this on and now all of a sudden guess what patrick you feel a little lonely your family thinks you're crazy your co-workers think you're a total whack and your friends some of them actually stop socializing so much with you because indulging in the the nachos grande and the alcohol anymore you're like yeah and it it becomes um isolating and that's why i think it's so important surround yourself with people who are doing this and who are like-minded who are also have their health at their top priority and then i'll I'll segue into also discussing what i do is i'm kind of known as queen of the meetups i host meetups m-e-a-t meetups it's such a fun play on words wherever i travel to wherever i go i announce that i'm going to have dinner on this day at this place oh. who wants to join me i get people message me because i have thirty-nine thousand followers on instagram so i have an instant audience to reach and i talked about it on my youtube channel um and every Every summer I have one here in New Jersey, but I have multiple ones. I go to Florida in the winter. I have a meetup down there. I am visiting my parents next weekend. I'm having a meetup in Scranton, Pennsylvania this coming Friday. And what what happens? Okay, so this Friday, I announced it a couple weeks ago. I have 
20 people joining me for dinner. And we go to one of these Brazilian steakhouses where you pay one price. They come and shave the meat and everybody is so engrossed in amazing conversation. People walk away from them feeling so empowered. Like, this is awesome. This is really where it's at. I need to be, I need to surround myself with people who are bucking the system and not listening to Good Morning America and Dr. Oz talk (laughs) about fiber and the fruits and the vegetables and, 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 Buck, you know, pushing off the naysayers who are telling me I'm going to have a heart attack. And it's it's just an amazing way. It's like, this is the way I feel that this word is going to spread. Nobody's going to announce on TV how amazing this is. Why? They're not going to. No money to be paid. Who's going to make money eating, telling people to eat fatty meat, eggs, and water? Hmm. There, there's no profit. And that's why I feel a lot of this whole keto movement has gone astray. And I get so many keto people who now come to me join my groups, talk with me, talk with others. You know why? Because what what is keto? It ended up What being, is it? Any? How is it different from carnivore? Yeah, so it really, um, I actually skipped over the whole keto movement. I, I found you zeroing skipped, in you on You went health. right to carnivore. Yeah, I found this zero-carb group called Zeroing In on Health 13 years ago, and I, I missed the keto train. But um, I'll, I'll tell you in general, keto is very low-carb. They kind of allow cauliflower tomatoes onion um avocado (laughs) they are a high fat low carb way of eating and it works really well for a lot of people and it works typically to a certain extent people say oh i lost 30 pounds i have 40 more to go and i i can't well you know what happens these all these keto companies exploded and you can get keto brownies and keto cookies keto ice cream i've seen at the store keto ice cream yeah halo there's all sorts of (laughs) keto ice cream right well guess what what's that feeding that's feeding the addiction to the people that don't want to give up their favorite sweet food their favorite there's keto bread why doesn't that work because you're just trying to substitute what you were addicted to and it's 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 still not well, good for you and look what happened to the whole gluten-free thing there's an entire industry with gluten-free right but not right. you know nobody said well you know those grains are just not good for you oh no but if you have other grains then they're great and they're great right now it's just all grain no grains are good don't eat oat don't eat quinoa don't eat you know i'm like telling people like people don't understand because of course they're told that's healthy you know it's it's so healthy and um but you're right it's just substituting one grain one, for another for another you know yeah. I, I i got introduced uh, to this through a video that i watched in the middle of the night sally k norton and uh, you know sally uh, uh, <laughs> yeah and so i go and i had this list lisa and this list was every of the top oxalate foods i ate every day like almonds and spinach and chard. You know, I was all over this oxalate thing. So what I wanted to ask you is, and, and Lisa was, and Sally Kay was on the show, and she said, well, you're going to go through this detoxification thing of all these oxalates. I haven't felt any of that. Well, it, 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 it might yeah. take still a little time to work its way out, or you might be lucky in how your body has handled the oxalates, and you might ongoing. not have, Maybe I was just might, yeah, ditching them ongoing big outlash of it yeah um yeah yeah and you know what let's go back because somehow i think i'm famous for going off on tangents but let's go back to that one question you just had i believe her name was lisa just like mine yes. about how she goes crazy and is right. just having a hard time to stick with it it's like 
you know what? You know what I say? I go, suck it up, buttercup. You know what? <laughs> this is not easy. The rules are simple, but it's not easy. But once you make it through and you get through that intense first two to four weeks, sometimes for people, you'll you'll light you'll see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can do things like keep a, a nice container of some good French Maldon coarse chunk salt on your counter in a nice little container and take a pinch of that and suck on it when you get an intense wow. sweet crepe. Salt. Salt. Yeah. Salt. It, you know, just the intensity of that flavor. Um, do not do not feed the stray cat with some more sweet stuff. No fruit, no artificial sweetener. And most people, they don't realize it. They're stuck. They'd say, oh, I gave up the ice cream and the cookies and the chocolate, but I'm still having trouble. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm like, all right, well, what else are you still having? What? Oh, I chew gum. I'm going, <laughs> gum's got to go. And they're like, oh, well, I put a, uh, I put a little monk fruit in my coffee or stevia. Everybody thinks stevia is okay and it's okay. It's not okay. It's a chemical and it's a sweetener and it's still triggering the sweet sensors on your tongue. Get rid of it out it's got to go diet coke out hmm. none of that none of that all has to go because it just keeps it's just like a drug where you're just having a little bit of cocaine or a little bit yes. of this yeah that's why i say it's like with an alcoholic would you say it's okay to have a half a shot of tequila every other day you think that's okay <laughs> no is it okay to have one shot every saturday no it's not it's abstinence you got to draw the line in the sand get every single taste of sweet out of your life and then you will you will reach that amazing awesome epiphany of oh my gosh oh my god this is so you know, i was doing not. a lot of maple syrup and uh boy the difference is just huge i mean it's, i right, think right. more clearly my blood sugar in the morning is like 40 sometimes or 50 or 60. wow it's like uh, wow you must you probably have a great a1c if you have your a1c in the fours that is awesome. Oh, yeah. That I mean, real. I mean, the other day I was 40, and I said, what's up with that? But I felt great. I felt solid, you know. Right. Um, now, some people will say, well, gosh, that's too low, right? Aren't you too low? If no, I was eating no. a lot of carbs, it'd probably be too low. I no, didn't. but, but if, if you feel fine, it's not too oh, low. Oh, yeah, can't be. Yeah, can't be. You know, and our body is not going to drive us to have a too low, Our like I said, you know, and, and I have to caution people out there, if you are on metformin or you're on mm. some early diabetic drugs and you take to this, you need to closely monitor your blood sugar and you need to be in close uh, communication with your endocrinologist or primary doctor, whoever has you on that, because they are going to have to do this wonderful thing. You know what it's called? Deprescribing yeah. your medication. Take, take you off of it. Yeah. Cut it in half you know reduce the dosage reduce or or just totally take you off so here's an email from georgia uh i'm curious about how much water your guest drinks and according to her weight and how important is water and carnivore diet yeah great question and it's commonly asked among people who are told you need to eat drink one half your body weight ounces or a liter per whatever i'm going to tell you and and if you if you start to follow me on other avenues you'll see my whole thing is simplicity guess what i drink when i'm thirsty and that's what i drink that's it. Yeah. thirsty i drink i don't have any sort of measured amount i don't make sure i have this do i think there's a minimum i have to have it's no different whether i'm 
on the standard American or standard atrocious diet or a drink or a carnivore. Your body needs a certain amount of water, right? So I trust my body that it gets thirsty when I need water. Um, I, you know, I, I, I really do not, I, I dislike when people say, oh, I drink a gallon a day. Why? What are you doing? What, what for? <laughs> you know, I don't go to the bathroom a lot and pee pale urine. I, I don't know. And you can overdo water. Sure. You know, there's called natremia. It's like you can actually have water poisoning. And I don't understand why someone would think that your thirst mechanism is so faulty that you can't trust the fact that when you're thirsty, you're going to drink. Um, but that's just my opinion. Oh, I agree. No yeah. advice for anybody, but, you know. And the, uh, I, you know, the same thing, I think, with hunger. Um, I've just been so blessed with this because now I don't even care about when I eat. I just eat when I get hungry, and then I don't eat again until I get hungry again, and it's all over the place, uh, depending on my right. exercise. You have, yeah, a, you don't have to have six small meals a day. doesn't matter. You don't you don't have, have to, yeah. And you don't have to fast for you know, 24 hours for this stuff to be effective. There are benefits to intermittent, intermittent fasting. fasting probably. Yeah. Your eating window, I do believe that, but I think ultimately if you eat th this proper high fat, fatty meat and eggs diet that our 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 blood sugar will regulate and, and get to a healthy level without having to yeah. fast. There's somebody diagnosed with cancer and you have other extenuating health circumstances i do think there is a benefit to fasting but that's a whole other, whole other deal yeah for, for another expert not and, me and, and eggs are pretty great food aren't they eggs are pretty great food yeah yeah and if you feel you're sensitive to eggs then just start with just egg yolks eliminate the white mm -hmm. if you ever felt you have a sensitivity or allergy to them, try just the yolk because it's mostly the white that somebody might be sensitive to, and the yolk has most all the nutrition, and it's the highest, the, the where the fat is of it, and it's so healthy. And sometimes I'll have you know like um, a few ounces of ground beef and a couple raw egg yolks. That right I, on top, yeah, right on top. Right on top. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned the rich people, and you know, just we should probably close with just a little bit of tinfoil hat stuff. Don't you think it's fascinating? that there is a war on meat all over the world. Now, isn't that curious, right? Isn't Very curious. that curious? <laughs> I'm in a minor panic here just thinking, okay, how am I going to stockpile some, um, you know, and actually there's a great product called Carnivore Bar. They make, it's basically pemmican, which is um, pulverized um, uh, dehydrated beef mixed yeah. with an equal weight of fat. So it is shelf-stable, hmm. non-refrigerated pretty much forever. It's the perfect ratio of fat to protein, and I'm stockpiling some of that. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is very scary that, that this whole vegan push, this whole plant-based push is, is so prominent right now. And, Huge. you know, yeah. Mr. Bill Gates is the largest um, farmland owner in the U.S. right now that's been, you know— um, made public and it's mainly along waterways of streams and rivers and lakes and that's scary too and there is something very something going on yeah something's going on happening that we need to pay attention to and i mean for all the people who attempt vegetarianism and veganism there's so many that 
come and just flip-flop right into carnivore, realized their health was deteriorating, and that's not the way to go. Who's the lady, Zoe Holcomb. Zoe Holcomb. Zoe Holcomb. She's going to be on next week, and she did a great video on the dangers of veganism, and uh, and we put that on the website. It's pretty interesting. Very, very well done. Yeah. She's good. And it, it is great. There's a lot of outspoken former vegans that are really um, trying to make a difference and trying to because a lot of it has to do also with i don't want to call it the cult of it but the the membership and belonging to and identifying as a vegan or a vegetarianism that makes it very difficult for some of them to change their ways so right. it's great that at least the word is starting to get out uh, let me i got a few quick ones before we go because I have another show, and I guess you have work to do, too. Uh, now they're all coming in at the end. Come on, folks. Okay, the carnivore foods are the foods for the old blood type on the old diet. Is there any research on blood types with carnivore? No, 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 no. Okay, so I, I get asked that question, yeah. and it's like there's a whole book called The Blood Type Diet, sure, right? Sure. Are we seriously thinking that ancestral man running around had different blood types all eating their same ancestral, hunting the animal, dragging the beast to the village, eating. <laughs> Do you think somebody's like, oh, I'm an AB positive. I'm going to just skip that and go find some berries. That's right. Because Yeah, I'm an AB. I'm an AB. I'm just going to eat berries tonight. You guys go yeah, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> supposedly not good for me. But boy, does that look good. <laughs> Damn it. But I, no, yeah, I don't. I, I'm, I'm like so far removed from thinking there's validity to and, me having a certain blood type that this inc- incredibly nutritious there's nothing more nutritious than fatty meat and eggs you cannot put anything any fruit or vegetable is is like and also any amount of vitamins or minerals that are actually in a fruit and vegetable is not ideally bioavailable for us to absorb in the form that it is and you have to combat and com- and and weigh that against all the anti-nutrients and you know the oxalates and things that are in them that are counteracting the mm-hmm. fact that and how much would you have to eat you look at the look at the statistics of what's in in beef and um there you just there's just no there's no way around it they've got the goods for everything that we need uh patrick yeah. what does dr lisa think about grains that have been soaked sprouted or fermented to neutralize the phytates many ancient cultures did this thanks yeah, so in ancient culture, how many, you know, thousands of years, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years compared to a couple millions of years that man has been around. Um, yeah, so maybe if they're, maybe they had to come up with a way to sprout it and ferment it to make it not so toxic for them for when there was a shortage of animals and they may do, but certainly not anything that, uh, let's put it this way, more for you, because I'm not eating any of it, if, if that's your if that's your thing. But no, I do not believe that there's anything of value in that that I should be putting in my body. And if I have to do this process to this entity to make it healthy, then then no, there's there's no reason why I should be eating this in the first place. William says your subject matter are on saturated fat and meat as sole means of balanced nutrition. I've always pondered the relationship of the human alimentary system and its many complexities, in particular the length of the 
comparison to other carnivore animals who have significantly shorter intestines, have always reasoned that though human evolution, humans required or through environmental circumstances adapted omnivore sustenance to survive. Hmm. Yeah, so if you feel, so certainly we are remarkable beings in that we have the ability as omnivores to be able to in, um, let's call it um, stressful situations of not being able to catch a, a animal beast to be able to survive by foraging and finding other stuff. But mm -hmm. do I think that's optimal and do I think it's necessary? Absolutely not. And also, he, he, I, he has a long email that I just kind of condensed it, but he mentioned that, you know, his family lived a long life. And, but, uh, you know, this idea of longevity, what is it? I mean, is it 120? You know, is it 140? I don't know. I mean, who knows? I know we're all going to die, but, you know, this idea that old age is when you're 70 or 80 or something, I'm not buying into that, you know. I'm not no. old. <laughs> do I do I look old? Do I sound old? Do I feel oh, old? And now, that, now that you're carnivore, you've already added another 10 years to your yeah, life. Right? Well, why, why not? You might as well have some fun around here, you know, because it's bonkers. And Well, you're wonderful to talk to. Thanks for being here. So somebody just said the Native Americans got by with pem pemmican? Pemmican? Pemmican, yeah. That's that. It's just basically um, dehydrated beef uh, mixed with an equivalent weight of melted beef tallow fat. And by mixing that gold, dehydrating the water out of the beef, well, it is is part of what makes this so shelf stable. I see. And then, and then coating it with the um, rendered tallow. You mix that and all the beef gets coated with this tallow. It does not go rancid. Wow. It doesn't go bad. It's so healthy and um, I've actually made pemmican in the past in my, in, along my journey here of being carnivore. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you, you add a little salt and it's delicious. And what you was know, that it, product, uh, Lisa, that you mentioned? A uh, uh, product that uh, you could the, the spice with the organs? No, no, that one. I've got that one written down. Oh, carnivore bar. Carnivore bar. Carnivore by bar. And the spice was yeah. pluck? P L U C K, and I'll I'll send you Patrick my two links if somebody they can get a little discount oh, on. Oh, cool, the cool. We'll put that on the show page and send me that thing on the fryer too, because because yes, that. Yes. Oh, I know. Before we go, what I want to ask you. Um, so I've been putting putting like the meat just on racks in the fridge and let it hang out for a week or two. Good, bad, indifferent. What do you think? Yeah, I um, I call that air drying instead of dry aging because okay. there is this whole process of dry aging of course you know the big steakhouses mm -hmm. will say five day dry age which is all awesome and that's a little bit of a different process than what we can actually do in our in our refrigerators and exactly what you said patrick i do um, when i get a package of um let's say ribeye mm -hmm. from the store or Costco it comes with the styrofoam tray and the plastic coating right so we want to get our food away from plastics as much as possible so as soon as I come home I rip it open I put my steaks onto just basically a, a um, rack yeah, a, a cookie, like what you used to cool cookies on sure. a cookie rack right and then I put it in my refrigerator no covering no wrapping sometimes I'll salt it first mm -hmm. and then cook it right from that after I air dry it i usually air dry a steak usually 
anywhere from, well, I'll say one day because the next day I want to eat it. So one to three days usually for me. And I actually do ground beef that way too. I take it mm. out of the pack. I plop it on a on a thing. And you would think it would turn brown and gross. It doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. Gorgeous burgundy color. And it actually keeps it much better than if you kept it in that package that's when it starts to get that off smell and the gray color is because it's just sitting there in that package against the plastic you think there's any advantage to doing it longer than three days um i to me at that point it's just dehydrating and drying out further benefit really and then people say well why do it um aside from the fact that i just told you it it just lasts longer in your refrigerator um getting it out of it and then taking it away from the plastic that too but what well, the reason i initially started doing it was because i love a nice crispy sear on my steak and when you dehydrate the surface moisture by air drying it in the refrigerator when that hits the hot pan it because it doesn't now have to steam off that surface moisture which will then take away from the aspect of getting a crust you've already got a dryer outside and when you sear that on the heart, you get a nice crust. Um, so that that's really the, the the additional purpose of it and initially why I did it, but it has those other added benefits yeah. too. Plus it's so fun. You just open the fridge and say, Oh, I'll take that one and <laughs> pull it out. And you're done. Yeah. You're, you're done. And you're done. It's it's just right there. Okay. Uh, morning house, so oh, how would you freeze meat, take it out of the plastic? container then put it in what that's a good question yeah um what if you want to freeze it how do you do that yeah so i will first air dry it for at least one day before i wrap it to freeze it um you know i i have one of those vacuum sealers yeah they're pretty cool typically buy because i'll buy in bulk i'll go to costco and get like two packages of eight ribeyes i'll air dry them and then i'll pull my little vacuum sealer out and just seal. seal them off, put the date, put the weight into the freezer, it goes. Um, you know, at that point when it's cold and in the fridge, I don't, I'm not so against wrapping in saran wrap. You know, of course, we're trying to be get away from the whole plastics thing, but sure. if you wrap it just in um, brown butcher paper, you can do that, but um, I, I just find either the vacuum sealer or or just wrapping it tight. That's that's what I do. But I do air dry it a touch before I I freeze it. And if you vacuum seal it, it, it lasts pretty good long if you're going to freeze, right? Really last, long. Really yeah, long. I've got some of mine in there for like a year. I, I'm trying to get down to the bottom of my freezer. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> okay, so we, we have to go. It's really been fun. Tell folks about your website and what they're going to find there. What they go on. Yeah, well, my website's really under construction right now, so I'm actually not going to steer you to my website. What I'm going to do is tell you, um, well, you can contact me very easily on Instagram, and I'm Carnivore Doctor on Instagram. Okay. You can also contact me. I'm really good about answering my emails, so Carnivore Doctor 2020, spelling it out, Carnivore, D-O-C-T-O-R, 2020, at Gmail. And um, if you want to get in touch with me to get information for my coaching groups or one-on-one coaching, you can reach me there. And then, of course, my YouTube channel, get some of my, like... Uh, yeah, I'm going there, baby. I'm going to go. And um, I have a seafood medley on there that's with heavy cream and butter and Ooh. bacon bits, scallops and shrimp. It's really delicious. Mm-hmm. But 
over there on same thing on YouTube. It's Carnivore Doctor, and you'll find me there. Well, it's been fun having you. Thanks for so much of your time, Dr. Lisa Wiedemann. We and appreciate it. I'll send you those links. Yeah, for those. please do. Please do. And thank you. Thanks. It's been a pleasure being well, here. Yeah, good job. Thank you so much. Right. Take care. Patrick Tempone, OneRadioNetwork.com, Dr. Lisa Wiedemann. Yeah, we have to, Wiedemann, W-I-E-D-E-M-A-N, Carnivore-Doctor.com, uh, but then Instagram thing is the place to do it. Okay, we have to break because we have another interview coming up in 20 minutes. And um, with the Beagleson Boys, Holographic Blood, 40 years of utilizing the terrain paradigm message in the blood. Really fun stuff. We're going to be there, be square, in just a few minutes. I love you guys. Thank you. Take care. See you soon. From the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.